The Pirates got some pitching help, and uh, there's still an hour to go before the MLB trade deadline. Who knows what else might happen? I mean, probably nothing. But I'm glad what did happen happened because it's going to help the Pirates. The Pirates got a relief pitcher from Texas. Keona Kella, right-handed relief pitcher. 24 out of 25 saves. 3.44 ERA. 1.15 whip. Decent stats, not overwhelming, but very effective against right-handed pitchers. It's a decent move. The price wasn't too high. The Pirates gave up their number seven prospect, uh, a lefty in Triple A, Taylor Hearn, and a player to be named later who will be a lesser prospect than Hearn. So I'm assuming Kelly comes in and is the setup guy. It's going to be a decent lefty-righty combination between him and Vasquez. Acquiring Kella is not a game-breaker, but it does make the Pirates' bullpen better. And it's excellent PR to placate the fans. I don't believe it's going to get the Pirates in the playoffs. I think they got to do something else in the next 58 minutes to have a legitimate shot at making that happen. But the Pirates' credibility with the fan base and with their own clubhouse couldn't take a sell-off. Like, in 2016, the Pirates were in a very similar position. Three games over 500, three games out the wild card, and they traded Mark Mallinson at the deadline. Now, they got what turned out to be good return. In fact, Hearn was acquired in that deal. They got Kella for him. They got Vasquez in the original deal, so they definitely restocked their bullpen. But at the time, in 2016, They were closing, excuse me, contending, and they traded their closer. Uh, And that was the end of any semblance of keeping the momentum from 2015, the 98-win season going. Uh, Melanson was, I believe, the ninth key component of that team to be dealt. Liriano uh, dealt uh, in proximity the same time frame, so... Even though it turned out good in the long run, it's got to be about now at some point. And right now, it's about now a a little bit anyway. Uh, That Melanson trade, the blogs liked it. The paying public did not, and the attendance since then reflects that. So the Pirates appear to have learned from that and got a relief pitcher in Kella who's going to help. It's big for the clubhouse, big for morale, although... Most of the other contenders went out and got more than the Pirates did. That that said, Kella might be here for what passes for the long run as a Pirate. He's only making $1.2 million, and the Pirates have contract control through 2020. Two more years of arbitration for Mr. Kella. And the Pirates now have a decent bullpen in place between Vasquez, Kella, Kyle Crick has turned out to be good enough. So it's going to be tough on the other teams if the Pirates have the lead after six innings. So I want your thoughts on the deal 412-333-9939. I think it's a good deal, but I don't think it's enough. Now, 
The word is that the Pirates are still in on discussions with Tampa about Chris Archer. And uh, as mentioned, there's now 55 minutes on a ticking clock before the MLB trade deadline comes and goes. It is said the Tampa Rays would want Mitch Keller, a top prospect, in fact, arguably the Pirates' number one prospect, the pitcher, as part of a deal for Archer. Now, does it occur to anybody else that if they were going to trade for Archer now, they should have kept Cole then? Because Cole is a better pitcher than Archer. Uh, Now, that said, there's no guarantee that the Garrett Cole pitching in Houston would have produced the same results here in a Pirate uniform, pitching to contact and being miserable and wanting out. But uh, they should have kept Cole whether he wanted to stay or not. That's with baseball and contract control and arbitration and all those devices are about. That said, if they get Archer, I won't complain because they'll be trying to win, and he's a good pitcher, just not as good as Garrett Cole. So there it is, Keona Kellup, a name I really have to think how to say it every time I say it, is a pirate at the cost of left-handed pitching prospect Taylor Hearn. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, you, you look at what some of the other teams did that are also contending for the wild card or for the division title, and I don't think the Pirates, like I said, have done enough to uh, really feel, well, they couldn't feel like they're a lock. They're just not in a position where getting almost anybody could make them feel that way. But the Brewers got Soria from the White Sox, Mustakas from Kansas City, the Phillies got Cabrera from the Mets. The D-backs got Escobar from Minnesota. The Cubs got Hamels. They're going to win the division, obviously. So did the Pirates keep up? I mean, mostly they did, but not with the Cubs and not with the Brewers. Uh, that number, 412-333-9939 is the number to call. we got a lot of hilarious stuff to talk about today. Um. I, I got to get this in right away because it's been a topic on Twitter. The stars of the Guardians of the Galaxy movie franchise tweeted a letter yesterday saying that James Gunn should be rehired. Uh, James Gunn is the director of the franchise. Well, he was. He was fired for a series of offensive tweets made years ago uh, about pedophilia and AIDS patients. Uh, pe- Pedophilia jokes, it turns out, don't age well. In fact, they're not even very funny when they're first told. Uh, Now, Gunn says he was just kidding. He made literally dozens of pedophilia jokes. At what point is that not kidding? But I don't want to debate that. I don't want to debate whether he should or shouldn't be reinstated. I don't want to debate the difference between what he did and what Roseanne did. I just don't want to debate that. Not on the radio, maybe on Twitter. What's hilarious is the stars of the movie signed the letter, sincerely the Guardians of the Galaxy, like they really are the Guardians of the Galaxy. What a bunch of marks. Hey, if Disney doesn't hire gun back, just destroy the universe. You're the Guardians of the Galaxy. You can do that. Oh, friggin' marks. 
I'm going to go watch Animal House again, which will piss off USA Today. Did anybody see that article? We, I'll talk about this at length later. But USA Today had an article uh, over the weekend that said we should no longer enjoy Animal House because it contains frequent violations of the hashtag MeToo movement. Isn't that just too friggin' much? More on that later. 412-333-9939. Also later, I'm going to congratulate Pirates Man... Uh, excuse me. Freudian slip there. Not No, not at all Freudian slip because I don't want to praise Pirates management. They were forced to do this by the Pirates players and the team getting red hot in July. You fans who really believe in this team and think it can win and want it to contend... You owe these players a big debt of gratitude for forcing Nutting, for forcing Huntington to do what they did, not only trading for Calibut, not disassembling the team they had that has now surged to over 500 and within touching distance of the wild card. Uh, we'll talk about that at 4 o'clock. LeBron James opened a school in Akron, Ohio, his hometown, to help kids with the same problems he had as a kid. LeBron said exactly that on ESPN Today. Quote, the same problems I had as a kid, unquote. Look, LeBron James knew he was going to play in the NBA when he was in eighth grade. So tell me, exactly what problems did LeBron James have? When he was 14 years old, he was a multimillionaire in waiting. If he's helping kids now who have legit problems with this school, that's great. But LeBron James was a multimillionaire in waiting when he was in the eighth grade. Now LeBron said he's bringing a championship mentality to L.A. Yo, King James, isn't it more like a runner-up mentality? Just saying. Just saying. We got Bob Labriola talking Steelers camp at 330 and we got Stan Saverin, the godfather, at 4.30. And as I mentioned, we'll praise the Pirates players uh, for forcing management to try to win, or at least give the impression it's trying to win. We'll talk about the Des Bryant situation. Did Antonio Bryant really say he wants the Steelers to sign him for a year? I don't think so. And A.B., be careful what you wish for. You don't want to invite an even bigger egomaniac, especially one with a lot less talent. You don't want him in town because, well, it'll be a battle, kind of like those uh, roast battles that, that they have on Comedy Central now. You know what I've come to realize? I watched the Bruce Willis roast over the weekend, and that got me into watching the roast battle show a couple times with Jeff Ross hosting. If you call it a roast... You can say anything you want. The, these roast battles, they were making Flight 93 jokes. Well, it's okay because it's a roast. Nah, I'm pretty sure I don't like that. But but I watched. You couldn't take your eyes and ears off it. The Bruce Willis one was pretty good because the theme was he's a talentless nothing who somehow made billions. It's a pretty good premise for a roast. 412 333 9930. Oh, also, we got to talk about the Capitals paying Tom Wilson 
And we'll talk about Ramon Foster and his knee injury. That's up next on 105.9. I'm up is watering just talking about it. The X at 105.9. Okay, here's the latest. Uh, two of the baseball literati, uh, Olney and Morosi, say the Pirates are still deep in discussions with Tampa for right-handed starting pitcher Chris Archer. If they got Chris Archer, boy, I'd say they'd be not favored to make the playoffs, but 50-50 to make the playoffs, and they would have contract control with Archer uh, at a reasonable price moving forward. I believe through 2022, uh, that rings uh, pretty true. But uh, if the Pirates make no other moves and all they did was get uh, Kella, that's fine. My worry was they don't get anybody and dismantle the team. They trade the the, the guys in the last years of their deal, like uh, Jordy Mercer and Corey Dickerson. Dickerson with one-year arbitration left, but he'll be expensive. But I think the Pirates have uh, done right by their fans and by the clubhouse, not because they wanted to, but because they had to, because the players called Huntington's bluff before the All-Star break when he said if they win, we'll add. And, of course, Huntington never dreamed they would win. Not well, not like this. And uh, they're doing the right thing. But, again, not because they want to. I really do take it with a grain of salt. Let's see if they get Archer. We await with bated breath. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to a good friend of mine and a local sports legend. It was 22 years ago today at the Atlanta Summer Olympics that Kurt Angle won a gold medal in wrestling with a broken freaking neck. I mean, to just win a gold medal is great, but to do it with a broken freaking neck? Mark Spitz, bunch of gold medals, didn't do it with a broken freaking neck. The Miracle on Ice, Herb Brooks, 1980, it was great. But a broken freaking neck was not involved. I emphasize Kurt Angle won gold with a broken freaking neck. So congratulations to Kurt, 22 years after the fact. Uh, great guy and a great accomplishment. I've been getting a bunch of heat online because I said on Twitter that uh, that uh, Kella's ERA is kind of mediocre. And I get, oh, you don't judge relief pitchers by ERA. Really? So it's okay that no matter how many runs they give up? that That's all right? I understand that can be distorted if a relief pitcher has a couple real bad outings. But, uh, and Cal is a good acquisition. Good acquisition. Oh, wait, this just in. It is monstrous. Craig Calcaterra reporting the Pirates have a deal in place for Chris Archer. We await confirmation and await to see what they give up. But, uh, Boy, if they made a deal for Chris Archie, you got to give them a lot of credit for striking while the iron is hot. To repeat, the Pirates have a deal in place for Chris Archer. To update his contract status, he is signed for three more years, and he is making 6.25 mil now. will make 8.25 the last two years of that contract. He will become a free agent in 2022 if the Pirates have that deal in place. And I don't know what they gave up. I don't really care. If it's Mitch Keller, their top prospect, I don't really care. I wanted to, at long last, be about now. They trade a prospect for Chris Archer. 
and make it about now at long last, I'm for that. I'm going to take it at face value, and I won't look for anything beyond that. But to repeat, Craig uh, Calcaterra uh, says the Pirates have a deal in place to acquire Chris Archer from the Tampa Rays, and we'll try to get confirmation on that. Uh, Wait, Stephen J. Nesbitt from the Post-Gazette now confirming, so it looks like it is indeed a done deal. Got to give him credit. Got to give him credit. Uh, 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, I'm glad to hear Ramon Foster's knee injury isn't too bad. I'm going to talk to Labriola about that in a few moments. Uh, He won't miss too much time. Doesn't need surgery. Foster should, should get back for week one. That Steelers O-line, though. It's walking a fine line. The starters are very good, and B.J. Finney's a solid backup at guard and center. We know that. But if a tackle goes down, it would be a disaster with Hawkins hurt and Hubbard gone and Chooks is just a rookie. Now there's a debate about too much contract, too much contact in practice because uh, Foster got hurt. Well, you're practicing football. If there's no contact, you're not really practicing football. You can minimize contact, but you can't eliminate contact. Injuries are part of risk, and injuries are part of football. Well, an eventful day so far. We knew that the Pirates got Keona Kellup, the relief pitcher out of Texas, but now it would appear they've got starting pitcher Chris Archer from the Tampa Bay Rays, and that would be a huge acquisition. And, uh... Again, that wouldn't make them a sure thing for the playoffs, but I think it would put their chances. Do I want to say above 50-50? No, I do not, but I would say 50-50. So Chris Archer looks like he's a pirate, but we'll talk Steelers next with Bob Labriola here on 105.9 The X. X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. I'll throw that person off the stage. Uh, hey, Mark, love the stuff. I'll be here for you, just like you've always been here for me. The X at 105.9. Uh, No official word yet, but it looks like the Pirates have sent Austin Meadows and Tyler Glasnow to uh, Tampa as part of the package that has brought Chris Archer to the Pittsburgh Pirates. We'll have more on that as details get confirmed. Joining me now, live from Latrobe, he is the boss at Steelers.com. It's a pleasure to speak to Bob Labriola. Labs, is there a surprise of training camp so far? Has anyone looked above and beyond what was expected? Well, um, usually when that question is asked at this stage, which is the really early portion of training camp, um, typically um, the the answer that people are looking for is, you know, a camp phenom, some guy, you know, some guy who came here as a nobody from nowhere uh, who's making an impression. And if that's in fact what you're asking, my answer would be uh, undrafted rookie inside linebacker Matthew Thomas. Uh, this is a guy from Florida State. Came out of high school as a five-star prospect. Um, you know, had some issues when he was in college. His mother died. Uh, he was, you know, um, uh, she was a single parent, uh, so he went adrift a little bit. Quit going to class. Lost a year to academic ineligibility. Um, but uh, the Steelers have signed him. He has now uh, acquired a mentor who's trying to help him get his life in order, and that seems to be working. 
Uh, this guy was dominant in uh, the first backs on backers. I mean, he was uh, kicking everybody's butt that he lined up against. Uh, he made Jalen Samuels look foolish on three straight reps. Uh, then Mike Tomlin decided to put a veteran in there to see how it would go then. Uh, he beat Fitz Toussaint two more times. Um, I had somebody standing next to me while this was going on saying that now just this is just physically what he looks like, the eye test. He's got some Lawrence Timmons in him. He looks like Lawrence Timmons in terms of his 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 length, uh, his long arms. He has a nice burst. He's explosive. Um, but this guy still has a long way to go, of course. If he, I think that the general feeling is if this guy can show himself to be uh, somewhat of an asset on special teams, um, he might be able to not only make the team but get a helmet on Sundays, which – um, and he's an inside linebacker, as I mentioned, and that's an area that this team can use some help. Now, Ramon Foster's out four to five weeks with a, a bum knee, we hear. Is that an optimistic evaluation, Labs, or a, a realistic one? Uh, I think it's pretty realistic based on um, some of the people I've talked to. You know, what I was told uh, the night after it happened was that, you know, Ramon Foster let out that scream uh, when he got, when when the injury happened. Um, and what I was told was that an MCL injury is by far the most painful, but it heals the quickest. And so based on his reaction, there was some initial hope or, you know, prayer or whatever it was that that would make be what it was because that happened to Robert Golden a couple of summers ago. And, um, you know, when it happened, the way he was reacting, I mean, um, amputation seemed likely. Um, but it turned out to be an MCL only, and um, you know he was back in a few weeks and was able to play that season. So I think it's pretty realistic uh, with Ramon. The only thing is uh, he is an older uh, human being, and so what five weeks away uh, might do to him in terms of being able to step right back in and, and you know catch the moving train uh, might be a little different than a younger guy. So. Um, you know, we're going to have to see. But I think that he will certainly uh, – he's not a candidate for uh, IR or anything like that. He he will be on the 53-man roster when the season opens. I like B.J. Finney backing up at guard center. But a tackle, the Steelers don't have much depth. Uh, it, it's a weird offensive line. The starters are brilliant, but God forbid a tackle gets hurt. Yeah, that uh, the Gerald Hawkins injury in OTAs uh, stung. And, uh, you know, when you're looking at not let, let's we're, we think Ramon Foster will be back, but removing him from the equation currently, you know, B.J. Finney is a nice player. Um, and uh, actually, statistics show that the Steelers running game did better last year when he was starting at guard uh, as opposed to when Ramon Foster was starting at guard. Um, so but if you if when you move Finney up um, and, you, and you lose Hawkins, uh, that's two guys out of the, the depth uh, situation that you were kind of counting on. Now, the two guys I think that kind of step up into the breach there would be uh, Matt Filer. He's a big guy, 6'6". He lost some weight. He's probably around 3'10", 3'15 now. They're grooming him to be a guy who might be able to play guard and tackle. And then the other guy who seems to be next would be Jake Rogers. He's another big guy. 
Uh, he's been with a bunch of teams, practice squads and stuff, but he has been around the Steelers for a, over a calendar year, which means Mike Munchak has been working with him for over a calendar year. And those guys so far, both of them, look like they belong. So um, hopefully if you don't have any more injuries and Munchak continues to work with them, um, you know, they can step up. But the third-round pick, Chooks Okor, for uh, this is a guy who um, – he uh, he ticks off some defensive players. I mean, they're, he's mean, he's strong, and uh, he and Anthony Ciccolo had a uh, little brouhaha a couple of days ago. And uh, this is a guy, he's very young, he's only 20 years old, um, so he may be, may be too early to expect him to, do, to give you much early in 2018, uh, but Mike Munchak likes him a lot. This guy could be a player down the road. How can the Steelers' offense get better in the red zone labs? That seems to be an issue that's being discussed. Ed Bouchette wrote about Justin Hunter today, who's 6'4", the receiver. But is he the answer? What needs to be done uh, inside the 20? Good good question. I mean, and, you know, you go back and forth with this. You know, they need a tall receiver. Yeah, because I think they have the tools. I just, i got to be honest, I wonder about the toolbox inside the 20. Yeah, I mean, and one of the others, uh, so-called solutions was going to be, you know, a, a, a tight end who's a threat. But I mean, the, the Steelers' red zone offense was a problem when Heath Miller was here. Um, it was a problem when you know Martavis Bryant was here. Uh, it's been a problem with Ben Roethlisberger here and Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. I, I really, I got nothing for you, and I, but I had. That is something that has to get better. I, I don't understand. I've been unable to understand for years why an offense with that caliber of an offensive line, you got good running backs, you got a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, I, I don't understand how it's not better. You watch them every day. They go through that drill they call seven shots. They put the ball at the three-yard line, and it's live, offense versus defense. I mean, there have been consecutive three, four, five days at camp previously uh, where the offense is unstoppable, unstoppable. They'll they'll score six times in a row. You get in a game, and and I don't know what happens. That's that's a great question. I wish I had an answer. We're talking to Bob Labriola from Steelers.com. Bob, live from training camp in Latrobe. You can also hear him on Steelers Radio. Uh, most of the conversation at camp was about the defense. Uh, Rod Woodson, the great Steeler alumni, uh, said the defense needs some playmakers. Who can step up in that regard? That That's not easy to do to become a playmaker, is it? No, and, I mean, that's uh, I, I, I concur with Rod a, a thousand percent. Oh, me too. Uh, and, I, and I believe that what he meant was, you know, because Cam Hayward – uh, certainly as an all-pro defensive lineman, double-digit sacks. I mean, that, he, he's a playmaker. But I think Rod meant an interceptor of the football, which is what he did um, well enough to, to get himself into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, I, I think that, you know, there's a couple of guys um, who have that, you know, ability to maybe step up in some of those areas. Um, Artie Burns is having a very nice summer. And he he's he just turned 23. Uh, I, I think he has some ball skills. He had three interceptions as a rookie. He stepped back a little bit last year in that regard. But he uh, it goes against Antonio Brown every day in practice. And it's I won't say he's he's even now, but 
he's not getting uh, his butt kicked as regularly or as badly uh, as he has the past couple of years. He's intercepted Ben a couple of times already. Um, so he has that potential. Um, Cam Sutton has that potential based on his college um, career. Uh, Mike Hilton had a couple of interceptions last year. Maybe he can uh, de- uh, develop more in that area. A, a guy they're going to need uh, to step up there is Sean Davis. Going into his third year, he led the team or tied for the team lead last year with three interceptions. You need more of that from your free safety. But quite frankly, the Steelers just have not had a lot of defensive backs with ball skills over the last 20 years, which kind of coincides with the end of Rod Woodson's career here. You know, if it wasn't Troy Polamalu, let me say this. In the last 20 years, the most interceptions by a Steelers defensive back in any one season was seven. And that was Troy. He did it twice, 08 um, and 2010. You got it. You need more than that. You just do. I mean, cornerbacks. You look at cornerbacks who has been uh, the top interceptors there. Dwayne Washington. You got to go back to him in the in the late 90s. Um, you know, a long time. Uh, the Steelers started Ike Taylor. Good player. Did a lot of good things. The Steelers won a lot of games with him at corner. He was not an interceptor of the ball. Um, some some people believe that the LeBeau scheme um, that required the defensive backs to turn and run with the receivers as opposed to uh, drop back and face the quarterback inhibited guys uh, from making interceptions because it's more athletically difficult when you have your back turned to f- turn around, find the ball, and then make a play on it as opposed to uh, when you're watching the quarterback the whole, the whole time he delivers the ball, you can make a break on it and maybe get your hands on it. Um, but Rod Woodson is 100% correct. When you lead the NFL and set a franchise record with 56 interceptions or 56 sacks, which is what the Steelers did last year, and to have your defensive backs only have 11 interceptions, that's not good enough. Let me throw a name at you, Labs. I feel like Terrell Edmonds is going to play right away and maybe play a lot. I feel like they drafted him maybe a bit, you know, early according to the draft Knicks because he can be that box safety they like. Yeah, I mean, he has shown himself to be um, pretty consistent, and he has a couple of interceptions uh, already so far in this camp as well. Um, th- yeah, it, to me, he's going to play. Um, I don't know where yet, uh, and, but I do think that the the idea is going to try to find him a role uh, as early in the season as possible because, you know, what what I think is, in terms of the defense – you know, when you look at this team, I think early on with the defense, you hope that it is capable uh, not to sabotage games when your offense is carrying you. Uh, and then later in the year, as it develops more, maybe you know you can get to a point where your defense can win you a couple of games or at least be more competitive uh, as you get down the stretch of the regular season and then hopefully in the playoffs. But this is a guy... Um, there, there just seems to be a lot of things he can do. Uh, he has looked like he belongs right from the beginning. He's not done any of the stupid rookie things or had those lulls that rookies sometimes do. You know, so they'll have a good practice and maybe they get a little too full of themselves and then, you know, they, they backslide for a day or two. This guy's been pretty consistent. I think that like TJ Watt, Terrell Edmonds is helped by the fact that he comes from an NFL family. He's got brothers in the NFL. His dad played in the NFL. 
So I think a lot of the nuances or the mental uh, gymnastics that rookies have to go through in their first camp, this kid has been prepared for them by his family members. They tell him, they've been telling him what to expect. And I think that he has shown that uh, he's smart enough and savvy enough to be taking the advice. And it seems to me so far, at least, that he's putting it into practice on the field. Real quick, Labs, can Edmonds and Morgan Burnett both be on the field at the same time, or are they the same player? No, I think they can be on the field at the same time. I just don't know that they would both be on the field lined up in traditional defensive back positions, if you know what I mean. I think one of them might be, and I think it might be more Evans at this point, or Edmonds at this point, like a Ryan Shazier hybrid spot. Um, But because I think that Davis and Burnett uh, would be your starting safeties, but Burnett better get himself healthy. I mean, he hasn't practiced much at all so far. I know he's a veteran, but he's new to the Steelers. Uh, So, you you know, you, you can't have him missing a lot of time. Labs, great stuff. Thanks so much for taking the time. No problem, Mark. That's Bob Labriola. Check out his fine work at Steelers.com and on the Steelers Radio Network. Okay, here's the deal. We know they got Kella from Texas for Hearn, the left-handed pitching prospect. And the deal for Chris Archer from Tampa is Austin Meadows, uh, Tyler Glasnow, and a yet-to-be-determined third piece. But Chris Archer is a Pittsburgh Pirate. We'll go over stats, the pros and cons, the ups and downs, the ins and outs in just a few moments here on 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. I am the voice of the voiceless. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is the thought. What, what the hell are you talking about? The X at 105.9. We're just tuning in. The Pirates got Kiona Kella from Texas. That was the appetizer, the right-handed relief pitcher. The main course is they got Chris Archer from Tampa. Uh, the package going in return for the right-handed starting pitcher from the Rays is Austin Meadows, who the Pirates never seem to like. Time will tell whether they were right or wrong, but the Pirates never seem to like Austin Meadows, even when he came up and did well. Tyler Glasnow, who's been kind of a bust here in Pittsburgh, goes to Tampa, and there's a third piece yet to be determined. Archer's not having a great year. He's 3-5 and five with a 4.31 ERA and a 1.385 whip. Made 17 starts for the Rays. Average, uh, only pitched, uh, excuse me, only pitched 96 innings. That said, he's always thought to have been an ace in waiting. A guy with that kind of stuff, a guy that can step up, and be a number one or number two starter in a rotation, but uh, never quite got there. Made the All-Star game a couple times. Very Garrett Cole-esque. His story with Tampa is very akin to what uh, Garrett Cole's story was here in Pittsburgh. Hopefully with the change of scenery and injected into a wildcard playoff fight, uh, Archer can step up and uh, be with the Pirates' hope, be with the Pirates' need. Uh, uh, The Pirates didn't trade their top prospect, Mitch Keller, the pitcher, and that was thought to be a guy that Tampa would want in a deal for Chris Archer. So I got to call this a good deal by Neil Huntington. I got to call the Keller acquisition a good deal by Neil Huntington. The way the Archer trade really makes sense 
and the way that trading Austin Meadows really makes sense is if the Pirates keep Corey Dickerson Flash flood warning for the following county Fayette, Pennsylvania the National Weather Service in Pittsburgh has issued a flash flood warning for eastern Fayette County in southwestern Pennsylvania until 6 p.m. At 3.56 p.m., radar indicated heavy rain in the warned area. Flash flooding, expected. Estimated rainfall, up to 2 inches. Additional rainfall, up to one half inch. Some locations that may experience flooding include Uniontown, Connellsville, South Connellsville, Farmington, Seven Springs, Dunbar, Everson, Vanderbilt, Dawson, Mark Newsburg, Chalkill, Ohio Pile. Please report flooding by calling 412-262-1988, posting to the National Weather Service Pittsburgh Facebook page, or using Twitter at NWS Pittsburgh. They made, for today anyway, the Pirates are thinking about right now. Don't forget Cubs in town tonight, weather permitting, and that game now takes on added significance. Uh, Bob Nightingale from USA Today is going to join us tomorrow. And uh, he pointed out on Twitter moments ago that this is a total about face by the Pirates on their philosophy of not trading prospects. That, that statement's a little hinky because are Meadows and Glasnow still prospects? I think you could say Meadows is. Glasnow has been around a bit and not done very well and is 27 years old. But uh, I like the trade. If you keep Archer through 2021 and keep Dickerson at least one more year, then everything they've done makes sense for now and for later. Uh, your thoughts? 412-333-9939 is the number to call. No quarter. Brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Has anyone seen the video of Lev Bell at the strip club? I've seen it. There's a video of Lev Bell grabbing some stripper's ass at a strip club. It looks more like he's dipping his hand in cottage cheese because, well, it is not a good ass. In fact, it's one of the worst looking asses I've ever seen. I wouldn't give this ass one buck, let alone litter the floor with dollar bills, as Lev would appear to have done in this video. So anyway, Lev at the strip club grabbing some ugly ass. I'm sure he'll be 100% ready for the season, as long as it's ass-grabbing season. Uh, there's also a video of Ben's son throwing a pass to Antonio Brown at Latrobe. Uh, no dollar bills were involved. I like the video of Lev at the strip club better. Somebody was debating why people like A.B. and don't like Lev Bell. Because A.B.'s always there and he always works hard. Lev Bell, he's rapping, he's at the strip club, he's suspended, he's holding out, he's injured. One of the biggest abilities is availability. And Lev Bell combines lack thereof with just being a dink. Chris Archer, a pirate. Kiona Kella. I have to think every time I say that name. Is that right? Kiona Kella. Wasn't he an extra in Hawaii 5 
1059 The X.